All right. Like I said, Pastor Rusty and Miss Vicki are out of town. Uh, they're at a church in Midland, and so you get to hear me uh, talk some more. But uh, I'm pretty good at it, so uh, it'll be good. No, God, no, y'all don't have to clap. You don't have to clap. That's terrible. Don't clap. <laughs> the word's from God, so he gave it to me, so you just get to hear God talk this morning. And uh, I was, I'm privileged to get to speak, and I'm really excited. And uh, I have, a, I have a, a good message because, like I said, it's from God. And so uh, I'm really excited about it. But before, I better pray uh, just to get right with God. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that as I speak, Father, that you would speak through me that it is not my words, but your words, Father. And I pray that, that our hearts would be ready to receive. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, uh, our message today is called In the Fire. And uh, probably if you've grown up in church or uh, been a part of Sunday school or anything like that as a kid, you've heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And probably you've heard that story. Uh, you may have seen a little cartoon or seen a little book maybe when you were a kid. Uh, but uh, if you don't know the story, you're going to learn it today. And uh, we're going to talk about those three brothers and uh, what they went through and uh, some inter- interesting things about it. And uh, we're going to start by reading the entire chapter 3 of Daniel. And so uh, there's, there's quite a bit of scripture we're going to cover uh, it'll be on the screen so you can follow along, and uh, you can ju- I'll read it, and we'll, we'll jump through this scripture really quick. All right, Daniel 3, verse 1 in the New Living Translation, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and set it up in the plain of Dura and the province of Babylon. Uh, then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and and all the provincial uh, officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all of these officials came and stood before the statue uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. They were sucking up. He said, they said, uh, you issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. 
And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Now, we're going to stop right there for a minute. We still have some more verses, but I want to explain a little bit of what's going on. So the Hebrews or the Israelites, which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and if you know this, that's not their real names. Uh, they have Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not Hebrew names. So what happens is, is Israel, uh, the Hebrews, are, are taken over by Babylon, by King Nebuchadnezzar. So they're, they're in a sense, uh, slaves or prisoners at this time. And so uh, the king had put these three brothers, uh, they're, they're officers. You know, at the beginning of that, that chapter, he says he calls all the officers and judges and people like that to come out. Not just the commoners people, uh, just judges and, and, and the people in high-ranking offices of government are called out to worship the statue. Now, you can imagine a 90-foot statue, pretty big, uh, solid gold. It could have been a statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. It could have been a statue of one of their gods they worship. So probably throughout the days, they probably saw this, this statue going up out in the plain of Dura, which was a big fl flat place. Now, in Babylon, it was very common to be burned alive. They, they killed people that way. You were uh, executed that way. And what they would do is they would build a, a, a kiln uh, that was like cone-shaped. obviously had to be pretty big because they could throw three grown men in it. And they would build a fire in it. And it says that they would use chaff, which is like the outside of a seed or a, of a stalk, you know, to, to build the fire. Or they would use crude oil as fuel. So they could get these very, very hot. Uh, now, in my parents' house... Uh, if you've ever been to New Mexico or like Santa Fe or anywhere like that, uh, you've probably seen what's called a chiminea. And it's just kind of like a little, you know, cone-shaped little tiny fireplace that you build a little fire in uh, just kind of for show. It's not like a fire pit where you build a bonfire or anything in it. And so uh, you can kind of imagine it probably looked like one of those but much larger. And uh, so, so in this time, this plain, this area probably had several of these kilns out there. So, I mean, they, they knew about these. It wasn't something new that he built that day and decided to do this. This was a common thing. And so, as, as he calls everybody out there, you know, you can imagine this morning, we have a kiln out in the front. It's blazing hot and fire, and as you walk in, you can feel the heat. And you, you all come in and sit down, and Greg gets up on the guitar and says, we're going to sing a couple songs, and if you don't sing with us, we're going to take you out these double doors and throw you in that fire to be burned alive. Well, you'd be like, this is the day, this is the day. How, I mean, you know, we, you know we'd, be, we'd be pretty excited, you know, about worship, you know, because we could die if we don't sing. So you can imagine as these officers and judges and people went out, the fear they faced. The fear that they knew, like, we could die. We could, I mean, burned alive would be terrible. And, 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 and they knew that this could happen. And, and so this fear. And then you jump down to verse 17 and the brothers tell him, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Now think about this for a minute. Now, as Christians, we would consider this doubt. 
If I was sick and I said, now I know God is going to heal me, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve God. You know, if somebody came up to me and said that, I would say, well, you have doubt. You need to overcome that doubt in your life. Don't have that doubt. These three brothers are facing being burned alive, and they tell the king, God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we still won't worship your gods. I mean, so they're like, even if we get burned alive in your kiln, it doesn't matter in that furnace. It doesn't matter. We're still going to serve God. And we won't bow down and worship. So we jump down to verse 19. And it says that Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw them in. Now, uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody's in this room has been to a bonfire. You know, you know, the school puts on a bonfire. Uh, when I, when we live, we used to live in Plainview before we lived here, and uh, we went out to Wayland, my dad and I, one time to one of their bonfires, and they did it out in this big field. And I can remember we stood at the fence of this field right by the road, and you could still feel the heat off of this fire. You know, it was still hot. So you can imagine bonfires, if you've ever been very close to one, they're very, very hot. So you can imagine this furnace, which is built out of brick, you know, and then they would put bricks on the inside. And as they build this fire, the heat just radiates and creates more heat and gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And it had a door, you know, an opening on the front of it where they could throw people in. And it's so hot it is so hot that the men, two soldiers, tie them up, step up to there to throw them in, and they burst into flames. That's how hot it is. To get close enough to throw them in, they're killed in the process. I mean, that, that is one hot fire. You know, like I said, uh, my parents, they have a chimney, and when I was younger, uh, I, we built a friend of mine, we built a fire in there. Well, we thought it'd be really cool to build a really big fire. And so it was by this, this bush, and right out of the top of it, we had the fire shooting out of it like a jet airplane. And we burnt the side of this bush, you know. And I, I got in trouble, but it was all worth it, you know. And so I can imagine this furnace they have out on this plane, uh, you know, the fire's just blazing out of the top of it. I'm sure everybody around can feel the heat coming off of this thing. And these guys step up to throw them in, and they're, they're, they're killed. And so we, we jump in, uh, and it says that it was so hot in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flame. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. If you've ever built a campfire and sat around a campfire, do you ever notice when you get in the car or go home, you, you smell of smoke. All right, so they're in this furnace and they get out and don't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their house will be turned into heaps of rubble. This guy had real issues. You know, he's burning people now, he's tearing them limb from limb. There's no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. Man, so they got, you know, if anybody mocks their God, they get torn limb from limb and they got promoted and got a raise. So pretty good day for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we've all probably heard this story, or maybe that's a refresher for you on that story uh, of what happened to them. And when they, when they, you have to think about their situation for a minute. Like I said, they were captive. They were prisoners or slaves to Babylon, and, and he had appointed them uh, up to high positions. They had worked their way up into high positions uh, of the government. And th- like I said, their, their names were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, that's not Hebrew. Their names were changed. So you can imagine for a moment, and now I know this is extreme and we're not, you know, we're not, but think if a Muslim country took over America and we were ruled by Muslims and I couldn't be named Kurt because that's a Christian name. I had to have a Muslim name. But think if I worked so hard that I still worked my way up into the government, even though we're ruled by a Muslim state. Now, you can imagine, I mean, these guys could have been like, oh, yeah, the God of gods, whatever. You know, if you were God, the, Bab- you know, the Babylonian people wouldn't have us as slaves. King Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't be over us, right? I mean, you know, the, Jeremiah prophesied that when they were in captivity, Right? When they were slaves, that's what Jeremiah said. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. That's easy when life's good, right? Oh, go Jeremiah. But I mean, much less if we were ruled by Muslims right now. And I'm like, now God's got a plan and it's good. That'd be hard to see. Then they go out to this big field and you, you think about the, the state that rules over us, builds a statue and says, bow down and worship this. Well, for many of us, you know, we could say, well, I'll bow with everyone, but I'll pray to God. I'll bow and, you know, look at this statue, but I'll just pray to God. At least nobody dies this way. Or you could say, well, I'll bow, but I'll face away from the statue and pray to God. You know, what good is a dead Christian? You know, I can't get that guy at all saved if I'm burned alive. And we could find ways around this situation. So my question to you is, when the pressure is on in your life, how do you respond? When the pressure is on, you can imagine these three brothers step out on this field, and they have a dilemma. They have something they're faced with, and they have to make a decision. And when the pressure was on, 
See, we'd all like to think this morning that, well, I would stand up and I would say I'm not going to bow down. But when we look in our daily lives, our lives say differently. Because we bow down to things all the time. You know, we won't come to church maybe because, well, my family's in town and, you know, I don't want them to know I'm a big churchgoer. Or we'll still hang out with our friends and maybe do stuff we don't want to do because we don't want to kind of rock the boat. Or, or we, we, we compromise in our lives and we bow down to things because we don't want to make a stand. You know, we have this misconception that I'm going to get saved and go to church and then my life is going to become easier. Right? God's going to kind of just smooth out the wrinkles in my life. And that's not true. See, here's what happens. When you get saved, your life becomes better but it does not become easier. I had a friend tell me one time that in high school they said, you know, I've tried to serve God, but all it does is it seems like my life gets harder. It seems like the devil attacks me more because I'm saved. And if I'll just leave all that alone, the devil will leave me alone. See, life doesn't get easier, but it does get better. Christianity's never been easy. You look back at all the men in the Bible, and uh, none of them died at home in their bed of old age. No, they were all murdered, right? Peter, you know, Jesus' disciple was crucified. And he said, he said, I cannot, I am not worthy to be crucified like Christ. Crucify me upside down. So you can imagine we're ruled by a Muslim state. They knock on your door and have a cross out front. And they say, we're going to crucify you because you love Jesus. And you say, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like Christ. Hang me upside down. I mean, that, that's how those men lived. That's how those men died. That, these three brothers, they say, the pressure's on, and they say, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to bow down. And we want God, you, you know, we, we want to find ways around it. We want to find ways to, to kind of, you know, well, I'll fly under the radar where the king won't notice, but really, I, I'm worshiping God. There's a movie uh, called The Kingdom of Heaven. And uh, it's about the ancient crusades of Jerusalem. And uh, the Muslims take over. And one of the priests in Jerusalem says, convert now and repent later. So the Christians have lost Jerusalem. The Muslims are taking over. And he says, if we don't convert to Islam, they're going to kill all of us. So convert now and repent later. Well, I, I don't think that's how it works. I can't deny God and then say, oh, wait, I was just kidding over there because I didn't want to die. And right in our everyday lives in America, we don't face death. You know, you don't go to Walmart and they're like, if you're a Christian, you know, you're going to get executed. We don't face that. We face different types of persecution. You know, with our friends and our families and at work, we, we, we face these areas of persecution. Now, as these three brothers stand there and tell them, you know, hey, even if, I, even if God doesn't come through, uh, we're, we don't care. We're still not worshiping your God. So... They grab him. He's enraged. They turn up the heat on the, the kiln, the furnace, and get it burning even hotter. So these guys are probably uh, maybe a little nervous, you know, and then they tie him up. Now, you can imagine at this time, probably, you know, Shadrach's like, 
Bro, don't you think he's going to come through any time now? You know, maybe like a sudden rainstorm to put the furnace out. Uh, maybe a couple of, you know, then they, then they pick them up. Maybe they're waiting for angels to land with fire extinguishers uh, and, and put out the fire. Maybe a sudden flood could come through the plain of Dura and wipe the, the furnace out. But none of this happens. They step up, and you can imagine as they're holding on, these guys burst into flames right around them as they're holding on, and they swing back and throw them in the furnace. And they land in there tied up. Why didn't, why, I mean, God could have intervened way before that. You know, why didn't he like drop down, knock the statue over and say, leave my, me, you know, leave my three bros alone. I mean, but he didn't do that. They get all the way into the fire. And then Nebuchadnezzar says, didn't we talk three guys? We're like, yeah. Well, there's four standing in there walking around. See, here's, here's, here's the amazing thing about this story. See, God did not rescue them from the fire. He stood in the fire with them. See, God's not going to necessarily rescue you from the fire. What do we ask God to do? You know, God, just fix this problem. God, if you'll just fix my marriage, I'll never ask you for anything else again. God, if you'll just fix my finances and let me win the lottery this week, I'll leave you. I'll tithe. I promise I'll tithe. Right? You know, and God, if you'll just fix my kids, them stinking hellions, if you'll just hit them with the lightning of God, you know, send them to hell for a day and send them back, you know, I'll leave you alone right but but God doesn't do that God says I'm not going to rescue you from the fire I'm going to stand in the fire with you God wants to stand in the fire with you see we all face different things in our life marriage raising kids finances your job right sickness We, we, we face these things that seem like furnaces and like they're burning us alive. Sin, addiction, hate, anger. And we think, God, just, just take this away from me. But see, those three brothers, they said, you know, God will rescue us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship. And, and they never, you know, they got thrown into the fire and then God showed up. They got thrown into the fire and then God showed up. See, God's a God of relationship. So God created Adam, and now think about this. God put Adam in a garden. God would go down every evening. The Bible says in the cool of the evening, he would walk with Adam. And then God said, it's not good for you to be alone. It's like, well, God, I'm not alone. You're here. But see, God's a God of relationship, and he knew that Adam needed someone every day, all day. So what did he do? He created Eve. He cut out his rib and sewed him back up and, uh, and, and created Eve. Because see, God's a God of relationships. See, and we make the mistake of thinking, well, God, you just fix this, and then I'll leave you alone. But that's not what God wants. God, just take this addiction away, and I'll leave you alone. God says, no, let me walk through the fire with you. Let me walk you out of this so that we can build a relationship. You think about military, uh, and military men will understand this. When you're in battle, you create a bond stronger than anything else with those men you fight with. And, and, and that's one of the things that, that military men can struggle with when they get home is how do I get that bond? How do I create that? Well, you create that in, in, in war. And, and that's what happens with God. See, as you let God into your life, as you invite God into your furnace, so you're not just, oh, God, you know, I'll see you at church. No, God, get down here into the bowels of my life, into my problems, into my issues, into my addictions, and into my sin. You'll create a bond with God that cannot be broken. 
Because see, he'll walk you through that fire. See, now, now here, here's something that you need to understand. See, is God won't throw you in the fire. See, some people believe that, well, like, God's put me in this furnace to teach me a lesson. No, 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 no. That's not true. We're, we're, things are going to happen to us because the world is broken. You need to understand that. The world is broken, not the way things were supposed to go. This is not the plan. If you were wondering today, this was not the plan. But God said, I'm going to step down into that fire. And now you look at those brothers. When they stepped out, their hair wasn't cinched. I had a friend one time, and we, we filled a, a small coffee can with gasoline, lit it on fire, and put another can over it. And then he stepped up and took that can off. And it went, whoo, and all his hair was singed, all right? See, that did not happen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stepped out of there, their clothes were fine, their hair's not singed, and, and they didn't even smell of smoke. See, and as you'll invite God into your situations and into your furnace, and you'll say, God, I need you to stand with me, you'll step out and not have a burn on you. I want you to understand that that God didn't save them from the fire. He stood in the fire with them. And whatever you're facing this morning, you simply just invite God to stand with you. Say, God, I need you. You know, God, I need you in my finances. God, I need you in my marriage. And then trust him. And, and I love what these guys say. Even if he doesn't, we're not serving your gods. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Ask God to stand with you. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. And I, I pray and we ask that, Father, you would stand with us in our furnace. Whatever we're facing today, whatever we're going through, whatever we need you to do in our lives, Father, that you would stand with us. And just like those three brothers, that we wouldn't have a burn on us, that our hair wouldn't be singed, we wouldn't even smell of smoke. Father, that you would walk us through this. Father, I pray that you, you wouldn't rescue us from it, but you would walk us through it. And through that, we would build a, a deep, connected relationship with you, Father, that could never be broken. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Hey, thanks everybody for coming. Pastor Rusty and Miss Vicki will be back next week. Uh, you can stop by the Red Desk out in the foyer to sign up for the church.